from calling out corrupt politics, citing the United States Constitution for exploring American history. We are the relentless patriots. Now, without further ado, here is the most relentless patriot of them all, relentless patriot Frank. What's going on, fellow relentless patriots and Americans? This is Relentless Patriot Frank. Welcome to another episode of the Relentless Patriots live podcast and social media feed through Facebook and Instagram. Tonight's episode, we will be talking about the importance of white people and their cultures. And I hope you guys will be joining um, joining me as much as possible so you can celebrate the culture of white people with me uh, since everywhere and anywhere we aren't allowed to. You know, most prevalently in today's school systems, in any type of media platform, we are not allowed, and I mean not allowed to say anything, but since we aren't, therefore we should. And tonight is going to be an excellent episode. We have a lot of cool Relentless Patriots that are going to be joining us to talk about the current epidemic of white phobia and how we can bridge that barrier, destroy that gap, and tell white people that it's okay to be white. Period. End of story. Tonight's reading, guys, is going to be from Benjamin Franklin on the Pursuit of Power and Position, and Patrick Henry on his call for ending of slavery in January 18, 1773. This is what Benjamin Franklin said about power and position. And, it, and unfortunately, guys, this is a sobering reminder that the people that are, whether it be in our current government or in the previous governments, it doesn't matter where it is, we're talking about why people have so much cynicism, why they want to have so much power, have so much control. Why they are continuously doing this to us and enslaving us, thinking that they can control us and, you know, tax the living bejesus out of us so that way we have nothing left. Benjamin Franklin goes on to say, Sir, there are two passions which have a powerful influence in the affairs of men. These are ambition and avarice, the love of power and the love of money. Separately, each of these has great force in prompting men to action but when united in view of the same object, they have in many minds the most violent effects. Place before the eyes of such men a post of honor that shall at the same time be a place of profit, and they will, ha they will move heaven and earth to obtain it. The vast number of such places, it is that renders the British government so temptuous. The struggles for them are the true source of all those factions which are perpetually dividing the nation, distracting its councils, hurrying it sometimes into fruitless and mischievous wars, and often compelling a submission to dishonorable terms of peace. And what kind of men, and what kind are the men that will strive for this profitable preeminence through all the bustle of cabal? Oh, here's a key word, guys, cabal. The heat of contention, the infinite mutual abuse of parties, tearing to pieces the best of characters, it will not be wise and moderate, and the lovers of peace and good order, the men fittest for the trust. It will be the bold and the violent, the men of strong passions, and in the fatigable activity in their selfish pursuits, 
This will thrust themselves into your government and be your rulers. Now, Benjamin Franklin didn't give you guys a warning, or didn't give anyone a warning, and no one wanted to listen to him back in 1787. Uh, then I don't know what to tell you, but that sounds awfully familiar to what is going on right this second in our government and around the world. And I'm pretty sure you guys know that already. Let's move on to the next reading for Patrick Henry. And this is even dating, uh, predating Benjamin Franklin, January 18, 1773, about his evils about what slavery is. And I want you guys to listen very, very specifically. We're talking about a white person who didn't want slavery. And we're going back to a time when America wasn't even America yet. We were still in revolution or working our way up to it via the French and Indian War. Patrick Henry was a patriot. Patrick Henry was a member of Congress in Philadelphia. And I want you guys to understand something. That upon receiving um, his information about the slave trade and those who were both slave owners and Christians, it was especially problematic to defend the practice. Patrick Henry proudly spoke out against this and denied all different types of slavery. It didn't matter if it was, whether it be the African-American slave trade, the regular slave trade, which includes tons of his own people that came over here. And um, I don't know if you guys know about the Irish slave trade, the um, even the, even the British, they were enslaving the Americans here, um, you know, taking advantage of them, overly taxing them, you know, and using them for, for, for whatever labor that they wanted in order for them to produce their, their clothing and, 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 and their farmland. It's terrible. But anyway, Patrick Henry said this, Dear Sir, I take this opportunity to acknowledge the receipt Antho Benazit's book against the slave trade. I thank you for it. It is not a little surprising that Christianity, whose chief excellence consists in softening the human heart, in cherishing and improving its finer feelings, should encourage a practice so totally repugnant to the first impressions of right and wrong. What adds to the wonder is that this abominable practice has, in, has been introduced to the most enlightened ages. Times that seem to have pretensions to boast of high improvements in the art, sciences, and refined morality have brought into general use and guarded by many laws a species of violence and tyranny, which are most rude, which are most rude and barbarous, but more honest ancestors detested. It is not amazing that at a time when the rights of humanity are defined and understood with precision in a country above all others fond of liberty, that in such an age and such a country, we find men professing a religion, the most humane, mild, meek, gentle, and generous, adopting a principle as repugnant to humanity as it is inconsistent with the Bible and destructive to liberty. Every thinking honest man regrets it in speculation, how few in practice from uh, conscientious motives. He's talking about slavery and how even Christians were okay with it. Now, does it make it right? No, of course not. Does it make anything that happened in the history of our country right either? No, of course not. But we have to remember that every single nation, every single culture has enslaved another culture or its own. 
And we have to take from the book. And if you guys don't, if you guys can't see this, or if you guys are just tuning in or listening in, this is called The Portable Patriot. The Portable Patriot is an excellent read for anything in matters of patriotism and anything that goes against this disgusting Marxist, socialist, and communistic agenda that is currently at war with white people and brainwashing our youth. It is absolutely abhorrent, and this is why tonight's episode is about the celebration of white culture. And, oh, it looks like we have our first guest on. Mr. Vinny, I'm going to bring you on live on Instagram. Welcome, sir. And it's been a long time coming. I know it's Hope you had a happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. It is good to have you on. Guys, this patriot, this amazing person, if you want to talk about celebrating white culture and actually knowing what it is, and he is mixed, by the way. Sorry to offend all you liberals out there. God forbid someone's actually a mixed race these days. But Vinny knows a lot about white culture, especially the American culture. And here's the most important part about what I want to tell you guys about our culture, about who we are. We are not we are not conquerors, we are not dividers, we are not people the way the radical left describes us as. We are, for the most part, good, hardworking people. We have our faith. We don't believe in slavery. Any good Christian knows this. And most importantly, we are okay with who we are. Because as a matter of fact, Vinny, and correct me if I'm wrong, if it weren't for white people, in today's modern world and the, you know, the previous centuries, we would not have what we have today. If history was redone entirely different, I think you and I would, and many people who actually hate white people as well, wouldn't exist. So if anything, people should be grateful for, for, for one thing, being alive. Mm -hmm. And secondly, being of a culture. There's many different types of white culture. I'm pretty sure you agree with that. I do. And it's always great to see you, my friend. Um, and I always think it's funny because when we talk about quote unquote white culture, that's typically what the left uses to call anything that doesn't fit their narrative or anyone who doesn't agree with the whole cancel culture narrative. Um, coming from someone like me who is mixed and I have proud Southern roots, I have proud roots in Puerto Rico, I have proud roots in Italian, uh, Italy, and I have proud roots in America as well as England and Ireland. And I think it's interesting because when someone says something is quote-unquote white, that's such a, a broad term, and it can really apply to many different cultures. And it's really sad how someone will look at something for being white and say, oh, that's bad, which is very discriminatory, but the way it gets painted by CNN, by even Fox News, because I've kind of come to the conclusion that basically both news stations are two wings of the same ugly bird. Absolutely. And I mean, you may have witnessed this in New Jersey. New Jersey is a prime example where you have candidates that are running as Republican that are not very conservative or constitutional in their nature. We had one man who was in charge of, it was the Black Republicans group. And right. not only was he promoting CRT, but he was promoting BLM propaganda. And he was also um, attacking historical monuments such as CSA monuments and other founding fathers. And we tried to warn them all back in 2015 when you had Nikki Haley that got the ball rolling on the cancel culture that it's not going to end with the confederacy it will be every other culture and we're seeing that now in um new jersey with the renaming of the president wilson school president wilson was not a confederate he was a regular uh you know president however they're now canceling him because they didn't like his views on being you know somewhat favoring you know confederate veterans or helping to uh, put up memorials or 
his other policies they don't agree with, which is so ridiculous because they changed the school from the President Wilson school to the Barack Obama school. And my question is going to be, how long is it going to take for then someone to find something in Obama's past that they don't like and they're going to cancel him for? They're doing it now to Martin Luther King. And this is so ironic because uh, Virginia was a prime example of this when you had Lee Jackson Day and you had Martin Luther King Day. It was proof that you could celebrate all of these wonderful cultures and holidays together and everyone's happy. You know, if you choose not to celebrate one and celebrate the other, that's on you. That's fine. You have that right in America. And it was a Republican that got in there, a rhino, and started, you know, messing things up and saying, no, we don't want to do King, uh, Lee Jackson King Day. We're going to, uh, you know, scratch it off. We're going to do only Martin Luther King Day and celebrate them separately. And then eventually they axed Lee Jackson Day back in um, 2021, uh, that governor of Virginia, who is now no longer. Now, here's the sad thing. Virginia does have a new governor, and I, people were cheering him on in this and that. He does not support the monuments. He, he praised the removal of General Lee, which I did not appreciate. And he might be a good start, but it is going to take a long time before we get someone in there who truly does what's right for Virginia. He might be good in certain things like the Second Amendment and, you know, right. saving the unborn. But with the monument issue, we don't know how it's going to go. It doesn't look favorable in our, in our opinion. However, that's fine because we don't care who's in office. Regardless of who is in office, we are going to be celebrating Lee Jackson Day every single year. I will come down every single year, whether I'm in New Jersey or in another state. I drove out five and a half hours, five and a half hours to go and celebrate with everyone. We had an 82-year-old 82, 82 SCV member from Montana drive three and a half days to come meet with everyone for two days for Lee Jackson Day. If that's not being a relentless patriot, I don't know what is. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. You guys heard him right. So if you guys have a chance to get down there, please do so you can celebrate white culture. <laughs> and I always say, you know, Confederate you know, culture is not white culture. It's actually diverse. It, it gets labeled white culture, but right. there's more than that. We had, uh, we had, uh, and I remember in our uh, Confederate heritage, we had free men of color that were proud Confederate veterans. We had Native Americans, more Native Americans that were fighting for the CSA. Uh, we had a lot of Latinos. So when people try to label Confederate culture as white culture, it's not. It's actually very diverse. Uh, we have in New York, um, you and me got to take that trip to Hastings and Hudson, but that's a prime example. It was, uh, you know, after the war, your entire land was destroyed. So what happened was many of these veterans traveled up north. They had nothing, not a single penny to their name. And you had a few people a few of the, uh, the better ones that were better off to begin with, who not only reestablished themselves, but gave their money back to the veterans. And I have a book, um, I got a poll, but it has Mosby's Rangers, which was just a wonderful group uh, during the war. They did a lot of good, a very strong group too. It was a small group of scouts. They got together and they were very elite in their methods. Um, if anyone ever watches Stonewall Jackson's um, Brigade, which is who is responsible for making Lee Jackson Day wonderful, it's a, it's a group of the SCV. They talk about, um, you know, the, the benefits and the, the contributions these men gave to their communities. And Hastings on Hudson, that monument is, was made by the New York. And this was New York. New York United Confederate Veterans, also known as the UCV. And what the UCV was, was that after the war, it was a group of the veterans themselves that got together and they were there for one another. They also did a lot for the uh, UDC or United Daughters of Confederacy, which is one of the oldest active patriotic groups. 
And what ended up happening was a lot of the uh, veterans, um, because they had no resources, their entire land was trash. It took them many years to start to pull together funds to start putting up memorials and monuments that would honor those who never got a tombstone. We're still discovering bodies and those that are not known. Uh, what really breaks my heart with this whole, you know, cancel culture movement and this attack on our proud American history was in Atlanta, Georgia. That monument, the, the iconic line of Atlanta that was so respected for many years, not only was it vandalized, they had to remove it out of a cemetery for fear it was going to be permanently destroyed. That is so. The line of Atlanta was a monument to those known only to God. This is a monument for fallen veterans. The fact that they think it's okay to attack so many with not even a name, so many that might be lost to history. These could be an uncle, maybe a many-time great-grandfather to someone out there, and they'll never find out who they are because it was a mass grave. You know, the, the problem with all this cancel culturism is it's not a culture. It's, no, it's not. That's made up by these make-believe idiots who think they know what liberty is about. Tyranny is not liberty. That's one. Two, if you want to remove something, remove your freaking ego from my country. Three... Mm -hmm. If you're going to talk about anyone's culture, first examine your own. Examine your own. It's amazing how so many people hate our culture, Vinny, or just hate the color of our skin, but yet they know nothing about it. All they know is, and, it, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote a, a BLM uh, co-creator. Uh, this person said this, I think, a little more than a month ago now, but it just it resonated with me, and it pissed me off so much. Because she was like, white people have no religion and they have no culture. I'm like, what are you talking about? You, realize you know what's funny? So you can be white, you could have no religion, you could be Catholic, you could be Christian. Don't believe Jewish. in Christianity. Don't believe, don't believe in any type of, uh, you know, modern day, you know, or don't even, matter of fact, stop speaking English. Matter of fact, get rid of your first and last name. Matter of fact, move out. Matter of fact, don't call yourself an American. Matter of fact, every single invention that you have, a gizmo and gadget, that you've ever come across, ever come across, has helped or been inspired by or, or even planned with a white person. Real quick, I'm going to get my charger. My phone doesn't die. No problem. You know, and also, here's the thing, guys. Look at everything that we have. I mean, everything. To your cell phone, to your car, to flying on an airplane, to watching TV, or including any type of internet connection. In the modern day world, microwaves, refrigerators, several different types of medical practices and buildings. And if you look at New York City as a whole, more white people have built that city than any other race. I guarantee you, hands down. Now, did other races have a lot to do with um, building New York City as well? Sure. But the majority, the majority of what we have today, the construction companies, the garbage companies, you want to talk about Italian Americans, Irish, and Germans? Look no further than that. And how can white people have no culture when we have our American culture, when we have the Constitution, when we have the Bible? We have, we have all these different things that compose us being quote unquote white. And what angers me the most is that how dare anyone say anything about a culture in which they think there's nothing when they, when they know little to nothing about their own? Most African Americans know little to nothing about their own country. Matter of fact, if you look at actual Africans, they are completely different compared to the ones that are that grow up here or born here. Okay? And what is so wrong 
with calling yourself an American at the end of the day? What is so wrong with calling yourself a Catholic or a conservative? What is so wrong with having principles, morals, and values compared to all these loose, open-ended liberals who have nothing else better to say but criticize the other side? When they have little to no self-control over anything that they say or do. I can't, I can't think of one liberal, Vinny, I mean, and I mean one, or any type of communista, fascista, who has contribute, contributed anything to society other than some paintings and some artwork and look at me, look at me with my dyed hair. All they want to do is complain about stuff, and I can't really work on myself because I don't know how to. Um, they're also white, awesome. so it's like, do you not know your own culture? And, and let me ask you this, too. Why do so many white people, at the end of the day, they're so fascinated with other cultures? That's right. If white people are just so racist, if white people just are so infatuated with themselves, then why have more white people brought back different types of cultures, whether it be from wartime, whether it be from, uh, you know, traveling? Why have so many white people brought back other cultures with them and have appreciated them? Why can't the other side do the same thing? Well, it, what it comes down to, the bottom line is mutual respect, right? Like, genuinely i don't care if another culture is doing their own holiday that's fine but what i will not tolerate is when you want to take something away from us one of our holidays like columbus day or you want to take away right. lee jackson day and then you want to go on a national level and then put up a holiday that is for you know cultural diversity when you're canceling ours out if that is the hallmark of your culture to cancel someone else out and then to promote your own holiday, that's actually a violation of the Constitution, and it's extremely disrespectful to someone else's culture. Absolutely. And that is what's driving what I think I'm seeing, which is great. The tide is now turning. I'm seeing a lot more younger people now being involved, and this was so heartwarming to see during Lee Jackson Day. There was families there. It's a family fun event. Families, young ones that are now getting involved in um, you know, their proud heritage. You also have a whole group of those who are just becoming adults now, seeing what our generation has become and are fully disgusted with it. And it's sad to say that, but I honestly think that our generation is a lost cause to an extent because from those that are maybe what in our, would be from between the ages of 24 to maybe like 35, that age range, it's sad. You know, there's a lot of self-hate with them and there's a lot of low confidence. And I think how that manifests itself is that because they feel so low, they try to build themselves up by attacking someone else, by attacking veterans, by attacking memorials, by attacking people that have done nothing to them. And that is how they're building up their self-esteem. And that is what's so heartbreaking to me to see this, because you also have these politicians on both sides. You have Democrats that, you know, completely stay out of it. And you have Republicans who either do not talk about what's going on or they just try to make excuses for it which i think is so disgusting because what a lot of this behavior is is a temper tantrum when they're going out there defacing a monument or defacing a confederate grave which is a veteran's grave the republicans that do nothing are just as guilty in my opinion because typically what's happening is a lot of us who are otherwise rebels would be voting red or conservative we're not going to be doing that anymore especially if they don't support our heritage and that's what it came down to at jack chitterelli was that number one he did not support any kind of CSA heritage, he was against our flag. He was extremely mad at me for flying the flag at that event. People on his whole committee, they actually reached out to me and they wanted me to publicly apologize for flying the flag. And I said, I'm sorry, I will not do that. Sorry. This is my heritage and I will never back down from this. And you know what's crazy? There are, I'm an example that you can be born in the North, but you can be Southern by the grace of God and you will defend the heritage. And that's what I do when you lead the charge. There's a thing that we do in the SCV called leading a charge. And it was a wonderful description of what that was um, on our membership cards. 
And I think that, you know, we need more Southerners to not only stand up, which they have been doing, which has been great, but we also need more Northerners that are seeing what's going on and they're disgusted by this. My, this is the biggest one too, is that Jack was against, you know, Confederate heritage, but when it came for Christopher Columbus, he was supporting Columbus, which I'm like, isn't that kind of ridiculous? Why not unite on this? Because this is all our American culture. Right. Yeah, they can't stand like Columbus the, uh, as much as, you know, General Lee. So are, when you tear apart General Lee, you cut up General Lee, but then you're defend, defending Columbus. Columbus. I don't get it. You know, it's not like you guys are like, hey, um, uh, we don't agree with you. We're going to remove this statue because you don't like our Confederate flag. No, you want to keep the Christopher Columbus statue as much as anything. You want to mm -hmm. keep the holiday as much as anybody. So. Whatever people, uh, whatever people's gripes are in the North, I think they really truly have to look in inward and say to themselves, if, if I don't know about my American culture, the actual culture, if I don't even know about my own culture and where I came from personally, then no. I have no right to, to say anything about anyone else's culture until I find out what it's all about. No, you're right. You're right. And it's, it's sad because if you think about how many people that don't know their own ancestry, that's what's even more sad is that one of the most rewarding parts of being part of the SCB and also helping new members is that you help them discover where they come from. You help them find their genealogy. And it's a journey because you will have ancestors that you're like, wow, you're shocked by it. I met a wonderful young lady and what are the chances? So we met in Virginia and she told me her, who her ancestors were. And then she did more research and she found out that one of her ancestors is buried in New Jersey because as we remember, New Jersey has a giant mass grave to the, that's about 200, um, or no, 2,300 and something Confederate veterans who were Confederate prisoners of war. They died at Fort Delaware and then they were buried in New Jersey in a mass grave, nothing to their name. The Veterans Administration, the VA, has prevented us from figuring out where they are and have also gotten in the way of providing an, a, an appropriate burial for them. So that's the saddest part, too, is that we're still dealing with this. We're still fighting this. This is still the ideology from Reconstruction, which is one of the most massive failures in our country and one of the most humiliating times in our country because it was a time of extreme government overreach. And it further showed that under the Lincoln's administration, the Constitution was not valued and it was not held upheld. And, you know, when you go into it farther, um, when you go into it farther, uh, they're prisoners of war, and it's sad because many people are still complaining about the New Jersey Monument. Cory Booker, if he gets his own way, they're going to remove that monument. That was given by the U.S. government during reconciliation, which is a better time period. It's when the North started to admit that we did wrong, and they were starting to give them the rights. They were starting to give us some monuments to honor our veterans. Her ancestor does not have a grave. He never came home. People didn't know what happened to him for many years, many generations. And finally, years down the road, she's figuring out this is what happened to him. He died at Fort Delaware of inflammation of the lungs, which would yeah. probably be a pneumonia of some sort, because the conditions at Fort Delaware were horrible. There was no air conditioning back then, just to you know, give you an idea. You were built, uh, you, were, you were shacked, you were stocked up in shacks that were made for only a few people, and you were on top of one another, people had lice, there was bugs everywhere, you're getting bitten, you're being fed expired food. Uh, there was no clean sanitation for the most part. So when you have thousands of people on this island, it's going to get nasty. And that's what happened. A lot of them died from horrible diseases. And those that survived were very lucky to survive because you were going winters. They would take your clothes away. You were given maybe a sack if you were lucky. Freezing cold. Imagine sleeping out like that for like years. Some of them years, some of the months. Eight people on this, Vinny, not to interrupt you. But this is the important part of what Vinny is saying too, guys. That 
everyone says that slaves had it the worst. I beg to differ. No, and there was even proof because when you had slaves, and this is the, the part where no one wants to talk about, not all slaves are treated horribly. Some were treated right. wonderfully. For the most part, a lot were treated good. When you think about it like this, when someone uh, was in slavery, you needed to have money. So not everyone had slaves. In fact, a very few percent of the South even owned slaves. Slavery right. was naturally dying out. You had people in the South that did not agree with slavery because abolition, the idea, is a Southern thing. President Davis, Jefferson Davis, was a true abolitionist. He was against slavery, and his plan of gradual abolition, which was already done in the North, was his idea, which works. You would make sure that those, those few that were still in bondage were able to get a job, were able to um, get out there on their own, have a hobby, and you would gently phase it out. Because if you just did immediate abolition, what that would cause is massive poverty that would cause basically massive ghettos of right. you know, disease, poverty, people not being able to right. pay for things. And that's what happened during Reconstruction when you had a lot of carpetbaggers, aka Republicans from the North, coming down to the South, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, a lot of Northern states, New Jersey being one of them, along with Illinois and New York, they had strict laws that banned any free person of color from moving in. So New Jersey was a slave union state. It was one of several slave union states that were in the union. They allowed slavery. And New Jersey not only allowed slavery, but was the last state to abolish slavery on January 23rd, 1866. So happy Janteenth, not Juneteenth. People yeah, really. celebrate Juneteenth as a way to kind of ignore from what the union's real goal was. So the last slaves were actually freed in New Jersey. For releasing their slaves last when that's not exactly true, everybody. It was New Jersey, the, the last state, and there was many slaves that were still kept up north illegally. New Jersey had some of the strictest slave laws that allowed the practice to continue. And it's just so ironic because you also have a President Grant who was a union general he owned slaves. And that's ironic is that the original <laughs> GOP is nothing like the GOP today where, you know, back in the day, they were about more government control. They were socialist in ideology. They're very Marxist. And the original GOP, um, their motto was do as I say, not as I do. Very similar to today's uh, Democrat Party. And um, it wasn't as simple as that all Confederates are Democrat because that's not true. Jeff Davis nope. was not a Democrat. His exact party name was a different political party that no longer exists, people but the ideas are very similar of today's modern GOP. Georgia, people in Florida, mainly Republican, still to this day, mainly Republican. Alabama, mainly Republican. And, it, it, you know, the whole word of republic means limited government. It means a party consensus. It means not a mob mentality. It means... Everybody gets their fair, fair uh, share to vote and do things and to say things. And the government itself, is you, we cannot vote in any politician whatsoever, just with state population. We need a consensus from the government, from the, um, the state representatives, et cetera, et cetera. But I hate when also, I hate when people say it, our democracy. Like, even Bill O'Reilly, is, is, he, he annoys the living, but that if you want to talk about a Democrat um, disguised as a Republican, look no further than Bill O'Reilly. Because that jagaloon, that numbnut, that piece of communist filth is like everyone should get um, vaccinated and have no right to say no. He actually went on air and said that. Then he also said that everybody, um, and I forgot how, I, I don't even know how I'm going to put this to you. But no one has a say in what the government um, dare mandate us to. Like, how can you possibly call yourself a Republican 
if you believe in large government. You might as well join the other side. Well, that's what we're experiencing in New Jersey. Remember how you have a lot of them? We have, we have tons of them in New Jersey, and it's sad because sure, the bottom line is very few people that are running for Congress in New Jersey are worthy of it. A lot of them are just no better than just a liberal, and a lot of them are friends. I'm not afraid to call them out, but the Mercer County Young Republicans Club is absolutely ridiculous. What they did, first of all, they gave me a very hard time because I had my um, SCV insignia on. I said, listen, it's a free country. I'll wear what I want. Do not tell me what I can and can't wear. Don't tell me what flags I can and can't right, fly because I'll show up there. I'll fly my flag and I will not leave because yeah. this is a public space and this is my First Amendment right to do right. this. They don't like being told what to do. So why, they, why should they tell you what to do? And they're also, this was a Young Republicans group, and it's one of many that were letting the liberals do whatever. They're too afraid to stand up to them. We don't have fighters in that group. We have people that comply. Uh, for men, We even had, when we do our, our protest, there would be um, Republicans that would try to say, oh, don't fly. Even the USA flag they wouldn't allow. Or they would say, oh, you must wear a mask. No, I'm not. This is the problem with our Republican Party in New Jersey, and it really highlights that you really need to vet who is there because a lot of them might be Republican, but they vote like liberal. The best example we have now is I tell everyone, make sure if you are in New Jersey or you know someone in New Jersey that you vote out Jeff Andrew and Chris Smith. Those are two men who are extremely liberal. Jeff Andrew was a former Democrat. He only switched over because in his district, it was extremely red. No right. one researched him. He just said, oh, I'm for Trump. Well, that's the problem is that no one looks beyond that. And no. they voted him in. You know what he did? Along with Chris Smith, they were two people from New Jersey that not only got very low scores, according to the John Birch Society, but they both voted to remove veterans monuments that were in the Capitol. That's the problem. So... When they're not researching that, and I, I openly wrote to both of them, one of my Confederate ancestors who I joined Military Order of the Stars and Bars with is General Fightin' Joe Wheeler. Joe Wheeler was not just a Confederate general. After the war between the states, he also served in the USA Army, and he was in the Spanish-American War. He was a wonderful American hero, and the fact that they're now punishing him for this and they want to remove his monument, those two people that were Republican that voted to remove his monument are voting against me in New Jersey, and they are not representing me. And I'll call it like it is. If they're against Joe Wheeler, they're against veterans. They're anti. They're anti-veteran. They're anti-American, and they're anti-Latino culture. You know, as a as a Latino, I'm also a proud American first, and I'm darn proud of my Confederate ancestor fighting Joe Wheeler. And that's the one thing is that when you have these ancestors and you're part of a heritage group, go out there and advocate. Get to know how your your senators are going to vote or your assemblymen are going to vote on things. Because I made it very clear to them, it's not just my vote you have to worry about. It is my family's votes. It's our friends' votes. So one vote that you think is just me is really thousands. That's right. You know what the worst part about um, making our our white culture or our white heritage out to be the villain that they say it is, is that everything that they've ever said about it is a lie. The history books have been rewritten. There's been zero quotation, and I mean zero quotation, from any of those fine people that you just spoke about. There's been zero history actually explored. There's been zero grave, uh, you know, whether it be Confederate grave sites or abolitionist grave sites that were actually honored during any, at, at, at any point. And we are coming up to Black History Month in February. I would like to see any of these BLM advocates, any of these Marxist morons, go to a Confederate grave site, go to a abolitionist's grave site, any, any one of them, and say a prayer for them or get down on their knees for once and say, my goodness, this person actually was a good person. Oh, and he happened to be from the South. Oh, and he happened to be white. 
I well, you know what's crazy? Garum. They even they were trying in North Carolina, which North Carolina is another state like Virginia that has a strong monuments law, but they're not enforcing to protect them. Miss uh, Maddie Rice, she was a real daughter. She's a real daughter of the Confederacy. She passed on, but she was also a woman of color, and she was proud because she knew that what they call what the left calls white culture is really not white. It's diverse. Our Confederate heritage is so diverse. Her ancestor was a man of color who was a Confederate veteran. She helped put up two monuments that were honoring the Confederate men of color of North Carolina. They wanted to remove those. Isn't that ridiculous? So at what point do you draw the line and say, this is a little ridiculous right now? They even, uh, they had, um, which as we know, President Lincoln did not free a single slave. No, now the only time that I will agree, again, to a certain extent, I don't agree with the removal. I don't agree with you know their whole activist ways of how they go about getting things done because it's not legal. But the only time I understand one thing at BLM said that is true is when they claim that Abraham Lincoln did not free slaves. They were spot on, which is crazy because I never imagined that they would say something that I would actually agree with that was truthful. I know, really. But what they did as a result was in Why Boston, there's a statue of Abraham Lincoln that was paid for by slave families that they removed. And it was called the Emancipation Statue. They removed the Abraham Lincoln Monument, and they want to remove the monument in D.C., which might happen. They're also looking to remove Abraham Lincoln. I believe it's Wisconsin, but he is getting removed along with General, uh, General Grant, President Grant. President Grant is getting removed in several states, and then they're going to probably come after Sherman next because both uh, President yeah, Grant and Sherman came after Native Americans, which I think it's hilarious because it proves that the joke is on you when you do this because originally it said, oh, we're going to attack, you know, we're just going to come after Confederate monuments because no one batted an eye. No and after Northern generals now. Well, that's exactly it. The evidence is so overwhelming. It is so obvious that, it infuriates me that they dare just say it's white people in the South that are just so evil and so bad and all this other garbage. But we know that's not true. We know that the North had more slaves in the South. As a matter of fact, to this current, to the current second, there are more people of color that live down South than up North. So if the South is really that racist, my friends, then why do so many go down there? Why do so many settle and have families there? If there's just so many evil, racist white people, how come there's so many that flee? Because the North is a tyrannical state. The North is filled with people who are selfish, greedy. You go back 200 some odd years ago. These are the same people to this day that we are currently fighting the system against. We are currently to ourselves, these people have had power for way too long. You look at all the carpetbaggers. You look at all the people that have had money in their family that benefited actually actually off the slaves' backs. Well, both white, white slaves and black slaves. You take all this old money and you take all the people that are currently in charge of all these powerful positions in the North. If you want to talk about people that actually need to be removed from the face of this earth, I would start with them hands down before anybody in the South, period. No, you're correct, because what we're going, what you've explained is basically the idea that we live in a post-Lincoln society, and that is the remnants of Reconstruction. No one understands that, is that Reconstruction never really ended. It is still going on. We're still fighting for our basic rights. And uh, it's really sad when you think about it. Um, I, I figured now would be a really good time to read the charge. So the charge is given uh, to us members of the Sons of Confederate Veterans, and it was 
written by Lieutenant General Stephen Dilley, who was the Commander General of the United Confederate Veterans. And he was a commander from New Orleans, Louisiana. And he gave the charge on April 25th, 1906. And it says to you, sons of Confederate veterans, we will commit to vindication of the cause for which we fought. To your strength, you will be given the defense of the Confederate soldier's good name, the guardianship of his history, the emulation of his virtues, the precipitation of those principles which he lo loved and which you love also, and those ideals which made him glorious and which you also cherish. So what General Stephen DeLeib is referring to is our good Southern principles that are really the principles of being good American. And it's the same principles that we had in 1776 for the OG Patriots. Those principles are what we carry on, not just through our ancestors who live, um, you know, through us, but also the fact that those values of family, of values of being a good Christian or being a good Jewish person. Because again, a lot of Confederates were also Jewish. People forget that. You had more Jews that fought for the Confederacy than for the Union. Crazy the A lot of them up north, northern states had some horrible laws that made it very difficult if you were uh, Jewish. So you would tend to find the heaviest Jewish population at the time of the war between the states was actually Charleston, South Carolina. And I have a wonderful uh, SCV brothers who are Jewish. And what's really great is you learn a lot about their culture and their heritage. And um, many of our UDC ladies are Orthodox Jewish, so we learn a lot about their culture, which is wonderful. And we're all working together for a common goal. We even have a few uh, SCB brothers who are also um, Buddhist, and then a few that are also a Muslim. You know, when it comes to culture, when it comes to understanding each other, I have a tough time with people claiming religion as a uh, exemption from society. And I know there's, there's a special clause of separation of church and state. And if people are standing up with us in the name of freedom, then that's okay with me. You know, um, it's just when people start, you know, big bellying is the term I want to use for this. Their religion around as it's somehow better than everyone else's or that they, they claim a certain birthright to certain land because of it. It, it aggravates me because now, now you're turning into the same person that you fled against, that you are fighting against, where you, where you think that simply because of your religious affiliation, that you're somehow the chosen one. You're the chosen people, or, and no one else counts, and no religion's perfect, and all this other garbage compared to yours. Um, nobody's culture's perfect either. Neither is ours. The whole point of tonight's episode, guys, is so everyone can understand that white people, like any other race, any other culture, was one of the tribes that came from maybe maybe not just Africa, but evolved from there. And before I'm going to say what I'm going to say, it might sound a little bit, quote unquote, racist, which I doubt. But if white people are just so bad, then why do most, let's just say, Three quarters of the world speak a white person's language, wear a white person's clothing. Why do if so many people hate white people, then why do so many of you dare have a smartphone? Dare drive an automobile? Dare go to the supermarket? Dare have a refrigerator? If you really hate our culture just so much and unappreciate everything 
so much, then why do you participate in it? Because you, why? Because you have nowhere else to go? Is that your claim to fame? Let me explain five different cultures that we had before the African-American Marxist movement came to fruition out of the Black Panther Party and out of all these BLM radical um, American phobes, you can say. We had the Vikings. We had the medieval times. We had knights. We, we had Holy Knight Templar. We had the Irish, the Scottish, all of Northern, Northern Europe, for goodness sake. You had the Spanish language and culture, it's music. You had the Latin, you had Italians, you had Greeks, for goodness sake. If you go, if you go further east, you had the Russians and the Latvians and the Ukrainians, even, as evil as the Ukrainians are right now with the whole Biden administration, all that other nonsense. If you look at all those cultures, and if you were to travel all of Europe, then why do so many people, and if so many people hate it, then why do they go backpacking for several months at a time? Why do people always want to go to a European country for sightseeing? I mean, look at Poland, beautiful country. We got our Second Amendment from Sweden. I mean, if, if white people have no culture, Benny, and we have no religion, then why, why are so many African-Americans Christian? Why are so many Latin people speaking Spanish? Why can't I go back to an African culture if that's where, uh, you know, modern humanity, quote unquote, evolved and came from? And guess what, Vinny? If we evolve from there, doesn't that technically mean we've adapted to certain other areas in the earth where we can survive? We're not really weak, are we? We can survive in cold temperatures. We never complain that much about it. We've, we've adapted to our surroundings. We're able to live off the land. We're able to work hard and build things and become one of the first explorers in the entire world to ever sail the seven seas. There's a lot to be proud of when it comes to white culture, my friend. There is. And it's the saddest thing because when people get so focused on someone else's race, this is where it gets so heartbreaking is that you lose, you know, not only your own individuality, but you also lose the ability to fairly be recognized for something. And I see this a lot with YouTube because I also have a YouTube channel and their new thing is called black creators. Yes, and I think they, it's so ridiculous because they're only picking one culture or one right. race. What about I, Latino I, as a Latino, which is crazy. Right. I always laugh at this. No one, you know, that's not Latino culture, which also includes a lot of what people would label as white culture. Cause us Latinos are heck of very diverse. Um, I can tell you as someone who is Puerto Rican, Half of the, the what's going on here with the cancer culture movement will not fly in Puerto Rico. They tried to do that in Puerto Rico when they came after the founding fathers of Puerto Rico and some of the, um, the settlers there. That did not fly and did not last very long because they put their foot down. And they're like, no, th this is basically the Puerto Rican way of saying Yankee. Um, there's a word for that, which I don't think I can mention because I'd probably get canceled for that. But um, Puerto Rico is extremely different by some standards. If I were to try to go back to Puerto Rico, they would consider me too Americanized. Um, Puerto Rico is a state which was an example of a modern-day confederacy where they seceded from Spain and they fought for their independence, um, along with several other states that were there. It's also interesting because, uh, as Latino, no one goes into the culture. What they do try to do to attack Latino culture is they claim that our language is not inclusive. What they don't tell you about Latino culture is our language is gender-specific. So typically anything that ends with an O is masculine anything that ends with an a is feminine so like rosa which is pink is a feminine what they did was they changed our language or attempted to change our language which is not going to fly and they're trying to call it latinx there is not a single word in spanish latinx that is a 
a liberal, a woke agenda that has been made up and has been implemented in schools. Oh, if you use God. X at the end of a Spanish word, you are being in, improper and disrespectful to the culture and the language, but no one is going to ever look at that. So you tend to see that they, this culture thing gets made into a black and white issue when it is not. And they tend to ignore other cultures that are important or they pick and choose and they cherry pick. You will never hear um, for Black History Month anyone honoring the many black Confederates that we had. That's the sad part. Take, take, okay. I, <laughs> you just tripped my mind with all that information. And I hope everyone out there is carefully listening to what he just said. Vinit, let me ask you two questions. Mm -hmm. One, where did the firearm come from? Which race? White. Thank you. Two, where did utensils come from? What race? White. Thank you. Um, and I'll give you a third one. What does it mean to you when you are asked why you like being white? or why you decide to celebrate, quote-unquote, American culture. What does it mean to you versus what everyone else claims it is? So the one thing I always respond, because I've been, I've been called a series of horrible names. Um, I've been called white passing, which I'm like, what the heck is white passing me? And it's basically someone that was accusing me of sucking up to what's called, quote-unquote, white culture. And my response to them is that before you label something as white culture, you might want to change the definition to call it American culture, because our country was originally founded on wonderful values that made it unique, where you had the freedom to do whatever you wanted. Only in our country do you have the right to attack the country's flag, to do whatever you want as a freedom of speech, and that's okay. Try that in some other countries, and it doesn't work. We have it so wonderful here, for the most part. Granted, we are still fighting for our basic rights that are denied us, mostly in blue states. Right. Um, but I digress. And I mentioned that, you know, I, my family that came from Europe, we left for a reason. My family that came from Puerto Rico, we left for a reason. Because right. we didn't have the rights to live freely. We have so many rights here in this country and it's our blood we're blessed to have them it's sad that some people want to take them away from us and i say that when someone calls me uh you know white passing or whatnot well i'm proud if you're calling me white passing i'm proud of it i'm proud of my heritage i am proud to celebrate american holidays i am proud to be part of history and i'm proud to honor you know all of our founding fathers and their good name um Absolutely. Granted, I might feel a certain way about dishonest Abe, but that's a whole other video for another day. <laughs> sure. I mean, I'd be happy to do an episode on that radical Marxist any day of the week. You know, you know, you know here's what it means for me to be white. After almost 38 years of being on this earth, Vinny, for the most part, what I've experienced is more racism, mm -hmm. more white boy this, and you got it good, and all this stuff from every other race. It sounds like people are just jealous of nothing. When meanwhile, they should be working on themselves or learning how to enjoy their own culture, but not being too prideful about it. Anytime you hear pride after something, mm -hmm. too much pride goeth before fall. We know that. What it means for me to be white, you know, in comparison to what these nitwits have said about me and my skin color is someone that is driven a white person that's driven for success inventive 
doesn't doesn't take any crap, <laughs> um, doesn't make excuses for their downfalls. This is what it means for me to be white. Someone who is proud to work hard. Someone that can actually embrace their culture. Because I'm Sicilian, man. And Sicilian culture, look, I don't care what anyone says. Sicilian culture is a little different than Italian culture, even though they're similar. Mm -hmm. Okay? I have culture that I can celebrate and that I can be happy with. And I don't mind being who I am. It sounds like a lot of Marxist liberal professors and their liberal counterparts have all brainwashed every single person of color, especially in these blue states and the education fields, to hate themselves, to just completely hate their own culture. Meanwhile, they make it about their culture, which, which I find funny. Like you said, Amazon, Netflix, all these different websites, all these different social media platforms that have nothing but black emojis now and, and black thumbs up. And it's like, does it really matter at the end of the day what color emoji we have or what skin color this thumbs up has to be? Or the fact of the matter is um, whether someone has straight hair or curly hair on a cartoon you know, or Sesame Street has to be all inclusive to transgenderism. Or now the, the I don't know if you saw this, they're making actual black puppets. It's like, do we wow. that? Is is that how we're gonna get past quote unquote racism when for the most part it's already been decided by several statistical data sites that by the year twenty fifty, America's gonna have more mixed races than any other place on this planet? Are we really going backwards, Vinny? Or are these idiots trying to keep us from going forward? They're doing more harm than good. And I think it's ironic because you have, um, and again, which is crazy, you have Black Supremacy Group, which no one will talk about. New Jersey, at one point, I think it was like 2015 or something, New Jersey was up there with like California and New York for states with the highest amount of just negative groups. And a lot of them were like Black Supremacy Groups, which no one wants to talk about. A lot of them were based near like Newark and Camden. Sure. And these are groups that are so radical that we're now seeing the effects of, uh, you know, they've infiltrated at politics, education. And, you know, example would be like the NAACP. This That group is uh -huh. so against, uh, like, you know, as someone, like, I am mixed, they would be against me, they'd be against someone else, and they make you feel the lens that you have to be oppressed all the time when you're not. And it's just so ridiculous to hear that. And it's sad, uh, because they've gone so far backwards that they think they're first. You have, um, you know, even graduations, which was so ridiculous. My one college, we had emails saying that they were going to be doing separate graduations if you felt like you needed to do that. So basically what you're doing is you're taking people instead of having just one big graduation, which is so inclusive because everyone's graduating, and you're now sectioning it off for this graduation is for one culture, this one's for another orientation. And when you do that, that becomes segregational. And people don't realize that, which is so ridiculous. And it's sad. It's very sad. No, it really is sad. And that's the whole point of just loving who you are. I love American culture. I love my firearms. I love my freedom. And I love standing up for the ones that I'm still trying to get back. <laughs> you know, and that's the whole point of being white, too, if you ask me. whole point of being white is, in my opinion, because look at all, look at all the jobs and the, 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 the inventions. Look at all the things that white people have created in modern society. Look at all the things that people work towards and work with and, and try to achieve a little bit more than what they've been – 
they were given in their, you know, when they were growing up and how their families came about and, and why so many families still from Africa try to come here. It's unbelievable. If white people and white culture is just so bad, then stay in your country. Then why are they coming over here? Which is so ironic because people are so quick to say that our country is awful and our country is this and that. Baited, you could say, by tons of South Americans, tons of brown people. If America was so racist, then why do they want to come aside from all the Democrat um, bribery and incentives that they're being offered? It doesn't make any sense to me that, God forbid, you actually have a certain skin color. And if you really hate it here, then leave. You, I mean, what I can't stand about all these, like you said, the NAACP and, and some of these Black Panther power groups and BLM and all these radical Marxists, all these brainwashedies, you could say, these leftists, is that they want to shift the blame for their own downfalls. Mm -hmm. Why so much when they all they have to do is just work hard for what they want? You cannot claim that you're oppressed when we have tons of elected officials, tons now, plus tons of nominees from the Supreme Court that are all my, uh, people of color. And why do we have to use the word minority? I mean, if you ask me, that's an insult at this point to people that, just, that are just plain old Americans. doesn't matter what type of skin color you are. Why do we have to use majority and minority when it comes to people of color? You know, like, why can't, you, why can't we just say, Okay, this person's black. This person's brown. Everyone gets offended over that too. You can't even say that. You got to be all inclusive. You got to be a polite society, a politically correct society. Well, let me tell you this: if I have to be so politically correct to your, to your point of view, then why can't you be politically correct to mine? Why is it that you always have to diss white people? You know, I'm talking to a lot of these leftists, you know, infringers of freedom, and. All I find out is they know nothing. No, they don't. And it's nothing. a lot of our politicians, like as again, we've met several from New Jersey that we thought were good and then turned out to be not so good, which is just really sad to see because a lot of them will be pushing a narrative without, you know, knowing anything about it and they won't hear the opposing side. I was actually really heartbroken when I saw Billy's one uh, meme that was attacking, you know, CSA veterans and whatnot. And he was trying to make it a black or white issue when it wasn't. Because it wasn't as simple as that, you know, all Confederates are Democrat, which is not true at all. Um, there was Republicans that were slave owners. There were Republicans that voted against the civil rights. This is the crazy I don't remember the guy's exact name, but he was, uh, Rutgers stripped his name uh, on the one uh, building because he was white and he was also Republican. But he was an example of what Lincoln's ideology was. The Confederate ideology was way more inclusive than the Union ideology. Lincoln's whole ideas were based on segregation, which is something that we saw, which was a northern, a union ideology that got forced everywhere. And it wasn't just the South. It started in the North. And then you're talking about a time frame during Reconstruction when Southerners had no true power. They were not in government. You had people that came up north and went down that held office, usually Republicans, that forced uh, segregation on everyone. And that was something that no one is willing to talk about. So when Billy posted that, it was so ignorant. And when you tried to tell him that, hey, Billy, this is not right. I don't appreciate this. You were either met with criticism or ignored or your right. comment was censored. Right. And I think that is so ridiculous because it's that's going to also influence how a lot of us true um, patriots are um, viewed. Great to see you, Brandon. How are you? That is my uh, buddy right there. He is an absolute wonderful patriot. Uh, we had the privilege, I had the privilege of going flagging with him in Gettysburg. He is a wealth of knowledge and a skilled gamer.
Vinny, can you tell everyone when the next flagging event is? We have less than 45 seconds remaining. Our next flagging event, I don't have the set date yet. I'm going to be trying to do another one in New Jersey. I got to find the right venue, but it will be for Confederate Flag Day sometime in March. Excellent. We also have the SCB reunion, which will be um, in uh, July. It's July and it's in Georgia. And you can join uh, as a full member. You can join as a friend of the SCB or an OCR member. So it's not just for us members. They're family fun events and they're for everyone. And Lee Jackson Day, which will be 2023 20, next year, which will be in uh, January as well. Thank you for those dates. Thank you guys for listening in. Thank you for tuning in to the Relentless Patriots podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media and visit us on the web at www.therelentlesspatriots.com.